And now Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah, owners of Lewis Financial Management, a Raleigh-based financial planning firm providing investment and planning advice since 1983. Doug is a certified financial planner who can answer your questions about investments, retirement planning, and estate planning. Why not call Doug, Linda, and Deborah right now with your investment question at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA, Inc., investment advice through Lewis Financial Management. SFA, Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters has been providing you with a personal financial hotline for all your questions about investments, estate planning, tax planning, money management, and retirement planning for over 30 years. Well, good evening, North Carolina, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewis family. You're listening to Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, Linda Lewis, and Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. And we're here tonight to answer your financial questions, no matter what they may be. Call us tonight. Happy Mother's Day to all our moms in the Carolinas and everywhere. And... Beautiful, beautiful day today, hasn't it? Hasn't it been such it really a beautiful has. day? It really has. Uh, well, they were calling for terrible storms, and thank goodness it held off, at least in our area. It just rained a little bit, but nothing treacherous. So uh, we hope you're enjoying your Mother's Day with your mother. <laughs> and, and you're enjoying your Mother's Day, Deborah, with your mother. I <laughs> certainly am. I'm <laughs> so glad we can be here together. Yes. <laughs> All right. We're the Lewis family. We are, and we are here to help your family. So give us a call tonight. And the number is 919-860-9783. All you've got to do is dial on your phone right now if you have a question. 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, what's new in the world of financial planning? Well, I'll tell you what. Let me um, actually ask the two of you a question. You know, with, um, I guess, you know, 30-plus years or so, I mean, you're both seasoned financial planners. What tips would you give our listeners on how to get what they want from their life? Well, the first tip that uh, folks should, should ask themselves is, Ask yourself why money is important to you. You know what do you want to accomplish? And yeah, and I I like that, Linda, because the, the the matter of money is very important, and but it differs person to person. Knowing why money is important to you is going to guide you on every financial planning decision as you go forward. For example, a driven type A ER doctor might find herself saying money is important to her because she wants to have time to raise a family. Once she and her husband identify this is why it's important to her, then they can make financial decisions that line up with their values. You know, it's a lot easier to say no to things when you have a much bigger yes. So when they do this type of exercise, they might decide on their goals, fully fund their retirement accounts every year, fund their kids' education accounts every year, and save for a house. So I think that's important to start with, you know, why is money important to you? What do you want to accomplish? What do you want to accomplish? 
Another tip is guess where you want to go. Think about where do you want to go in life, in your life. Well, you know, where you want to go is going to enable you to ask for directions. The word guess, I think, is important because you have to acknowledge that people don't really know what's going to happen. When you're 30 years old, you don't have any real idea for sure where your life is going to be when you're 60 years old. So it's a matter of guessing, especially when you're looking at 20 or 30 year time frames, sometimes which we do address in financial planning. We try to give everyone permission to sort of like relax a little bit. That's right. Just guess where you want to go, make a projection. And no matter what, don't throw your hands up completely and say that, well, since you can't predict the future, you won't make a guess at all. That's just, that's not smart at all. Make a projection, but don't worry about getting it right. If you need to course correct later, do so. Let's pause and take Patrick's question. Patrick, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Lewis Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening? Well, I'm thinking about retiring and uh, closing a business now. And uh, I'm not sure if I have enough uh, income to actually do that. Have you, uh, have you looked at any... Well, let me ask it this way. Do you know what your expenses are? That's the starting point. Yeah, what? I own I own two houses. I own my car. Okay. And and that's, that's that, that yeah, that's that's a that's a little different question. That's a question of what your assets are, what you own. But I'm focusing yeah. as a starting point on what's the need. What is it what do you spend in a year? What do you spend in a month? What do you, what, what what does it take to I, I don't have any. I, I would say about uh, two thousand. All right, so two thousand a month, or all right, and of course that's your regular monthly expenses. We call those Patrick the RME, recurring monthly expenses. So we always start at this point here. Then we go to what other expenses that are not recurring, like vacations, uh, travel, gifts, clothing. So. What might that throw into the equation? Well, I, I included the whole thing in that. No, you're uh, not living on 24000 a year, Patrick, are you? Well, you know, I, I really do. I'm not sure. I have a business that, that I operate. It's like a part-time. All right. And I haven't. Uh, well, let me, yeah, let, let me then walk you through the proper answer to your question in the way that it should be answered. You need to, and by the way, jot down my phone number at the office, 919. I'm in my car right now. Okay. Remember USA 7000. Okay, that's good. Yeah, USA 7000. Okay. Now, when we begin financial planning, we start with what is the need. So we have to, and when you come into my office for an appointment, we will begin by looking at what are your living expenses. We will help you figure out what they are, and then we work backwards from there. So let's say, indeed, that you have uh, 24000 of recurring monthly expenses and another 20000 uh of non-recurring expenses. So if that were 40000 then we go to what do you have? Well, of course, you got Social Security, right? How much you, do you remember? How much your Social Security is? Yeah, it's uh, twelve hundred dollars a month. Okay, so that twelve hundred a month—that's fourteen thousand of the of the nut that we're trying to crack. Do you have any pension coming to you? I do. All right. How much is your pension? That's uh, fifty thousand dollars 
and that's tax free. All right, so, fifty thousand per year. Uh, it's fifty thousand per year, tax free. Okay, so if we have fifty thousand a year, and we have fourteen thousand more, that's sixty-four thousand. So at this point here, before even looking at your investments, we can say yes, it looks like if indeed your expenses are less than that, then. The answer would be yes. The whole thing starts with the expenses. Now, tell me a little bit about your investments. What do you have in non-retirement investments? Uh, well, look, about fifty thousand dollars in a brokerage account. All right, fifty thousand in a brokerage account. Right. And what else do you have? Well, I have uh, about two hundred thousand in bank accounts, just plain bank accounts. All right, two hundred thousand in a bank account. Right. All right. And those, that 250000 that's the total of what you have that's not in retirement accounts. Right. I don't have, I have a pension. It's not a retirement account. It's not an IRA or anything like that. It's a so in addition pension. to the pension, there is no IRA or 401k. Right. Okay. All right. Now, you mentioned something about uh, about houses. Did you say something? You've got a couple of uh, rental houses? Well, I have, a, uh, I have one house I live in, and uh, I own that. And I have a one that I'm, uh, this is from a house that I just started renting. How much would, year. yeah. Okay. So we don't, of course, we're not going to touch the home, the residence, because that's, that's your residence. But as far as the other house, the rental house, how much would you say that's worth? 150. About 150? Right. And is there, is there any debt on that house? No. Great. Uh, okay. So the question would be, do you want to go ahead and continue to own that house or do you want to go ahead and get it sold and add it to your investment portfolio to add everything into what you're able to go ahead and support yourself from? Actually, I, I probably, at this time, I'm going to keep the house because I don't think I'm going to get uh, what I expect to get from the sale of the house. Well, the process that... Sell it now... We're getting seven hundred and fifty dollars a month rental, and I can probably only sell it for like one hundred and ten. But it was valued at uh, one fifty by tax appraisers. So then the question is: Well, I forgot to ask you about your wife. Are you married? No, I'm single. I live alone. Okay, single and live alone. That's good. All right. Now, if you de- if we're talking about supporting yourself, then the process we go through at Lewis Financial Management is you schedule an appointment to meet with us. We will ask you to send in five things ahead of time, which we call the five keys. Key number one is a list of everything you own and everything you owe. That's assets and liabilities. I didn't sound like you've got, do you probably don't have much in the way of liabilities. Do you owe anything? Very good. So we need a first I, first key is list of everything you own. Second key is going to be a copy of your tax return, your last year's tax return. Okay. Third key is going to be expected income from all sources this year. Now you've mentioned the pension and you've mentioned Social Security. What do you where what, what what where are you working now? What kind of job do you have now? I own a detective agency. Okay, a detective agency. That's interesting. Did you say detect? You said detective, huh? 
Huh, that's that's really. I'm going to enjoy meeting with you. <laughs> okay, that's Patrick. unusual right, right there. Uh, now, the the income that you're projecting for this year from the detective agency, you'd want to add that also. So that's the third key. Yeah. That's the third key. Key number one is your assets. Key number two is your tax return. Key number three is your projected income for the year. Key number four are going to be the living expenses. And I will send you a form before the meeting to help you fill out what we guess, what you guess your expenses are. Once, yeah. And then, uh, once you, I have those keys in my office, those five keys, then you'll come to the office and you'll have Questions that you want us to address. We will, add, we will answer every question that you have, uh, during that appointment. And then from there, we can decide, you know, what your next step should be. Should you go ahead and terminate employment? Should you go ahead and put the house up for sale? By the way, the house is only giving you uh, 6% cash flow, right? Well, yeah, I would imagine. Uh, well, when I, did, when I did your numbers, uh, it only ended up, you said 750 a month? Ten fifty a month, right? Okay, this is pretty low on that house. Okay, so seven. All right, seven fifty times twelve. That's nine thousand dollars. And you said you all think right. you, the house would only sell for one hundred and fifty. Yeah, if I get lucky. All right. Okay, so if that's the case, then that's only six percent. You may, right. yeah, you may say, could I do any better? It's a matter of, or do you enjoy just owning it? It may be a hassle factor, but those things will come out during our meeting. And then from there, I'll be able to give you an absolute, yes, you can do it. And then when you do it, you have to move forward, of course, and say, what do you do? Because you've got $250,000 in, ca- well, there's 50000 in a brokerage account. What's that in? Uh, well, I was in money market. Okay. Uh, some of it's uh, only a stock, one, and some of it's in a mutual fund. It's not much. You know, maybe 20000 You know, I used to... Uh, I used to do that, actually. Uh, I was an investment banker for a while back in New York. <laughs> Is that right? And I, yeah, You've yeah, got an interesting I, background, Patrick. <laughs> I just lost track of, you know, I'm, with so much money in the bank, it's like, what the hell am I doing wrong here? Right. There shouldn't be two hundred or $300,000. In the bank. That's right, because it's not earning anything. It's not doing anything for you. So what we would do is we would also make recommendations about how to design an investment portfolio of $250,000 in such a way that it gives you growth potential, lower risk, and a good income stream. The fourth, uh, the fourth uh, source of income is your agency. So how much are you bringing in from that? Oh, roughly 50,000. 50, and that's his right. question. Can he afford to stop it? Okay. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I mean, it's a, it's a hard decision to make. Well, I will guarantee you that when you finish meeting during our first meeting, you will not have a hard decision any longer. I will help you come all the way down to the exact answer that you're looking for that gives you the comfort that you want, because we've been doing this for over 30 years it's, it's just, probably one of the most common questions we get. It definitely is. So the is. level of expertise, um, you're in good hands. This is, it does take a meeting to, to get all this information out in front of you. We compile it and then, um, analyze it and then make it useful so that, the, so that the reports that you, you leave with are ones that you can 
uh, use for the meeting while we're together and then also afterwards can look back and, and say, okay, I got Doug's recommendations. I understand what Lewis is telling, you know, advising us to do, advising you to do. What? How much does this meeting cost? We, we don't like to quote the fee on the air because of uh, some of our competitors listening. I will say that we do charge okay, by the hour. Okay. No, no, I will tell you this much. We charge by the hour. We do not try and pressure you to buy any investments, and we're usually cheaper than most of the people that we compete with. That's that's as far as I should go on the air. But as soon as you call and speak to us on the phone at the office, right. I'll tell you exactly everything. Good. That's great. Thanks. All right, Patrick. Well, I look forward to hearing from you. If tomorrow works, um, that'd be great. 919-872. You understand now. I can't write this down. That's right. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to repeat it again. Do, what? Do I am. I am. <laughs> Everybody's saying the same thing. 919-872-7000 or USA 7000. Can you call me back and leave it on my machine? I certainly can. I'll do that right now. If you could... And I won't pick up. All right. All right. Sounds Very great. Good. Leave your number with our uh, producer, and we'll be happy to call. Thanks, Patrick. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Call us with your questions. We're enjoying our callers this evening. The number to call is 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. You know, Linda, I'm remembering our first caller in 1990 when we opened up this program. I believe the first caller had the same question, do I have enough to retire? It's a yes, very common indeed. question. It's scary. Can it I, is scary. Can I pull the plug? Do, have right. I, do I have enough saved? And what does enough mean? And and it, what will it cover? And and I need some guidance before I before I make this huge decision in my life. I want some professional opinion. And that's usually where everybody begins, a professional opinion. Do I have enough to retire? Well, before we took our caller, we were discussing tips of getting what you want from life. And uh, one of the other tips that uh, that is important is to know your starting point. And we discussed that, didn't we? Absolutely. Yeah, the starting, our last caller. Yeah, well, the starting point is, is crucial because in order to get where you want to go, it's important to know your net worth. That is how much you have in assets and what your liabilities are. So, of course, when we look at someone like Patrick, then he says no liabilities. Liabilities are debts, what you owe. All assets, that's what you own. So his net worth is going to be his assets. But it's just the facts that you've got to realize that every single line on a balance sheet tells a story. For many people, the list of debts might include a failed investment venture, something you may think about was a dumb move that you and your spouse might be tempted to nod your head in agreement, but it's important to know. That's right. Some people may even be so ashamed of their past actions that they will feel like avoiding this step altogether. For instance, one woman who borrowed $8,000 a few decades earlier for a student loan had spent years not facing it. And when she finally checked in on it, it had swelled to $40,000. That's what shows up on that financial statement, that list of assets and liabilities. Where did this 40000 come from? Okay. So we got to focus on learning from the mistakes and moving forward. You really do. Now, another tip to uh, 
to remember is think of budgeting as a tool for awareness. You know, Linda, I couldn't agree more because most people, just like Patrick, when they begin talking about retiring or anything, they talk about what they own. And that's not where we start as financial planners. As certified financial planners, we know that you need to think about your expenses, the budgeting aspect. So we need to be more diligent and more deliberate about our purchases. Budgeting can help turn around bad spending habits, but it shouldn't be seen as a punishment. Budgeting should instead be seen as a tool for tracking spending. And with our younger listeners through the years, we very often tell them, told them, just look back over the last three months, look back over the last four months and find out what you track them because the process of tracking will equal awareness and awareness will equal behavioral change leading to your spending aligning with your goals. I really like this, this tip because when you're younger, you really do want to be aware of where, you know, if you're, if you have income coming in, what are the sources of income? Then you have the outflow and where's it all going? Now, if you are independently wealthy, you may not take a lot of time to look at where the expenses are going, but you know that if you have a spouse that is terminally ill and your husband's been the one that's been paying all the bills, then certainly the remaining spouse, the wife, is going to want to know how much are we really spending because if he predeceases me and his cancer, you know, is terminal, what do I need to look forward in my life? So then you have to put the brakes right and look at what are my expenses. That's exactly right. Another tip that is important is save as much as you reasonably can. I really like this tip because this is where we go back to identifying what your recurring monthly expenses are. And then once you know them, you need to capture what's left over on a monthly basis. So when you capture that amount, the easiest way to do it is by setting a default amount. You could say to yourself, I know I can save or invest at least $500 per month. And yeah, maybe some months, maybe a, a I might have to, I might be able to save more. Or if I can't save that amount every month, I have it set up as a default. But setting it up as saving, as an automatic savings is the key. And for some it might be $500, some it might be $5,000. But I agree with you, setting up the default. Now another tip is buy just enough insurance today. Yeah, that's a poor, important thing, Linda, and I'm glad that you mentioned it because life insurance is about replacing economic loss, not emotional loss. There's an old saying when you're in the insurance industry that insurance is not purchased, it's sold. And most people, unfortunately, when they come in the office and I look at everything they have and I say, well, why do you have this insurance policy? I don't know. Uh, he just sold it to me when I was a lot younger or whatever. But life insurance is really about replacing economic loss. So if you view it in that hard, cold light, you just have to calculate what that loss will be and find the cheapest insurance to do that job. For the vast majority of people, a simple term insurance policy, which is like renting life insurance for a certain period of time, is best. But the important thing is don't put off buying it. Buy cheap term insurance and only enough to make sure you've got what you need and nothing less than what you need. That Analysis, of course, is what 
we help people do in the office to determine how much they need to cover. That's right. Another very important tip is hire a real financial advisor. Yeah, it's difficult to be unemotional about your own money. And that's the real purpose of having an advisor. You don't hire a financial advisor because you're not smart enough to do this yourself. You hire one because they're not you. He or she will help get between you and any potential mistakes you may make, even if you were to be in danger of making financial blunders every five or ten years. There's another tip that occurs to me, by the way, and that's behave for a really long time. The portfolio you ma- that you uh, build is it's it matters a lot less than just sticking with it. It's not a matter of how much, but it's how diligent you are in sticking with it. It's relatively simple. The math side of it is it's the psychological side that seems to be so hard for people. But having the plan in the first place is going to help you stick to your goals. Now, we recommend automating your decisions so that you don't have to rely on yourself to keep making those good choices over and over again. But with yeah. these tips in front of us, Lynn, Deborah, I think that clients can get what they want from life. At least we have seen our clients get what they want from life over more than 30 years. Time and time again. It's wonderful when you when you look back five or ten years into the future and you look back and you realize, wow, it was worth the time, the en- the effort, and all the money spent to hire a certified financial planner. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Our number here in studio is 919-860-9783. Just like our uh, early caller this earlier in the show, Patrick, all you've got to do is dial 919-860-9783, and the Lewis family can help you solve your financial problems. You know, I'm thinking about an article that I saw in today's newspaper, as a matter of fact, about a young girl. It just, it, it really, I was so, I was so pleased to see who she was. You know, she and it might be better to say you were so proud to see who she was, because really, when you see articles about good financial habits, it does make us proud. It said this girl here, Tamara Benevente, when she arrived in Miami at the age of 21 from Argentina, at that time, her focus was just funding her education and vacations. But that was then. Now she's just turning 30. And it says that she has Always, always, always since then put 20% of her paycheck and put it into savings. And guess what her income, guess what kind of job she had? She's a receptionist. Is that amazing? It really is. Yeah. You don't have to be wealthy to do this, but she has been diligent in doing it. And she said, my 20s were about surviving and trying to move forward with a career. But in my 30s, I'm thinking of bigger things. This is the decade where I can say, wow. If I don't get things done, they're not going to happen. And I, I just, I really like that story yeah. about her because so this is the story that we are telling clients in our office every day. We tell them you need to get a book called The Wealthy Barber. You need to put in plan an automatic pay yourself investing plan. That's right. It says that she decided uh, what kind of an adult she wanted to be. And the, the kind of adult she wanted to be was someone with a retirement account, an emergency fund, a financial cushion to start a family. All these things are things that everybody comes into our office and says, I would like to do this. I also like the way that she learned to do it. Oh, oh, yeah, right. Her suggestion about how to do it. Right. 
She divides her life into cycles, which is exactly what we do, you know, in your 30s, in your 40s, in your 50s. And there, now we're not thinking of, of what about when I retire 30 years from now. By thinking in cycles, you're going to start to realize what I do today will affect what I do next week and next year. And we figured that there were fundamental differences in the way people look at savings. Some people think, oh, I could never do that. Right. Other people think, I won't worry about saving now, but I'll pick, catch it up later on. Right. But her suggestion about dividing it into cycles, and that's the way she's doing it, and she's a receptionist, I think it was great. So, uh Right. It, you know, it's funny is the, it doesn't take much to have good habits. Um, it's often quoted, you know, it doesn't matter how much you make, it's how much you keep. And so if 20%, I mean, that's just such an, uh, an outstanding accomplishment. But if 20% of every paycheck is going into savings, she's going to be far ahead many of her peers. You know, I've had clients through the years come to me and say, that's fine, but I don't have a paycheck. I, I sell insurance or I, I'm an entrepreneur. I've got a business or my income, you might say, says the client to me is sort of feast or famine. I'm making it some weeks, some months. I'm not making it others. But by putting that same principle, every check that comes in, put aside 20%. So even if the a, checks come in intermittently. That's right. Or un, unpredictably, every check. Twenty percent. Doesn't matter if you're a waitress and you're and you and you get one hundred and fifty dollars of tips that night. You go ahead and you sock away twenty percent of that hundred and fifty bucks. So everybody can achieve financial That's independence. Thirty dollars. Yeah. This is really definitely a feel good story, isn't it? It really it's is. It's a young person who had some goals and set her mind to it and got into some good habits, and now she's f- seeing the fruit of her labor. She's going to be one of those middle-class millionaires. Exactly. And I forgot to mention that clients who come to meet with us for their first appointment, we will be giving away one of three books again this week, either The Middle-Class Millionaire, which is a wonderful book, or The Wealthy Barber, or Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth. We'll decide when you come in which is most suitable for you, either Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth, or The Wealthy Barber, or middle-class millionaire. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPTF. Thank you for listening this evening, hoping you're having a wonderful Mother's Day. And if you've got questions about your financial world, call us at Lewis Financial Management. The number to call is 919-872-7000. That's 919-USA-7000. Leave us your name and number or call us during the week. We'll be happy to set up an appointment with you to address your financial planning needs. Another thing, Doug and Linda, is to um, our listeners, check out our website. Learn more about us. We're at www.dougandlinda.com. All you have to do is call right now, 919-860-9783. If you have a question for the Lewis family, they're here live and local in studio. All you have to do is dial 919-860-9783. Well, Doug, what else is new in the world of cash flow planning and retirement planning? Well, there was a writer who wrote in to the News and Observer and wanted to know about paying off the mortgage before retirement. And I, I really liked the, the question and I like the answers because there is really no decision that's ever made in a vacuum. There aren't automatic little, uh, answers to every question. And this particular writer in his, uh, question 
he had actually said something. He'd said, I know most financial advisors suggest that you retire without a mortgage. Well, (laughs) I don't know where he got that from, but I'm really glad to uh, announce that, no, I know many financial planners that don't, and I don't. Uh, It's not a matter. For some people, it's perfect to have no mortgage. For other people, it's not. There's always trade-offs. There's choices because no decision is made in a vacuum. So are you going to put more money towards your mortgage to get it paid off and not contribute to your 401k? You know what I'm saying? So this whole approach of looking for, uh, and I know there is a very popular uh, personality on the air who always says, you know, be debt-free, be debt-free. That's more an emotional decision than a financial decision. That's right. That's, like you said, there's, there's a trade-off for everything you do. So, Doug, what is, uh, so basically, what principles should you go by then? Principle number one is meet with a certified financial planner who can help you, help you figure out whether it's a good uh, uh, strategy for you. Because to go ahead and start paying off that mortgage, you're taking money from somewhere else. You may have a 4% or 3.5% mortgage, and you're taking it from mutual funds, where, which have been averaging 7%. So you, that would be a, a pretty foolish move in some cases. Another thought, too, is where you are in your life cycle. The the writer who is writing in said, I've got five years till retirement. That's an entirely different question if this is someone who is mid-30s, going to work for another 30, 35 years. I mean, this is an entirely different conversation. If you've got less than five years to work and um, you're wondering whether or not to spend your last working years paying down your mortgage or not, huge choice. You really want to see a financial planner? Get someone to run the analysis on your particular situation. I often tell clients in my office that the homeless guy on the street has no mortgage debt at all. Right. Right. So <laughs> that's not the goal. Right. That's not the goal to have no mortgage debt. There's no one size fits all. And it is important to work with a competent advisor that can run your numbers, look at your personal situation and figure what are you comfortable with and what can we do in this five-year period? Uh, it might be, be more accumulating more yeah. because those final five years, that'll be all that you earn investing and accumulating. That's right. That's right. This is where it's so important to not just take a rule of thumb, a general thought, an assumption that everyone might be, um, advising you in a certain way. If you get in front of a financial planner who is going to spend some time looking at your particular numbers, your financial statement, your cash flow statement, they're going to give you specific information about your particular situation. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF. If you've got a question, call us on the open line at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. Well, you're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And if you've got a question, we'd love to hear from you. Call us on the open lines at 860-9783. That's 860-WPTF. And if you're out of town, call us toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And for cellular callers, it is star 680. Well, Doug, let's take a caller now. Oh, Chris, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Yeah, I have a question. I'm in the process of buying a house, and I'm trying to decide what type of um, 
what type of term to go with. Uh-huh. And people have told me in the past that if you go with a 30-year loan and if you make an extra payment towards the principal each year, that you would in turn almost pay it off in the same amount of time that you would on a 15-year loan. Uh-huh. Is any of this true or... Well, it may be true and it may be irre- it may be not true, but in either case, it's irrelevant. It's not part of the equation that you're concerned about. First of all, if you end up 15 years from now with a house with no mortgage and the inability to buy any food to live in the house, would you be happy just having a house paid off and no groceries? No, no of course not. Okay. So the goal isn't to see how fast you can have a house with no mortgage on it. The goal is to see how soon you can achieve what's called financial independence. How old are you, Chris? 33. 33 years old. Generally, a 30-year on uh, will give you a greater tax savings than a 15-year mortgage. Okay. Because the percentage of your paycheck, of your payment to the bank is going to be bigger on the 30-year mortgage than on the 15-year mortgage. Okay. And that means that more of your payment will be refunded to you in the way of a deduction on Schedule A on your tax return, which basically means that you have more money to invest towards financial independence. Now, if a person doesn't choose to start investing, then they're out of this equation totally because it only works if you're going to be accumulating what you save. If you go ahead and take a 30-year loan then you are stretching your payments 15 years longer, yes, but your goal should be to accumulate the difference that you're not paying in your your mortgage payments. That money should be directed into an accumulation vehicle like a mutual fund. So that at the end of 15 years, and when we run these numbers in my office, we very often see because of the power of compound rate of return, at the end of 15 years of investments, you may be only halfway through your mortgage or maybe even less for example, how much is the mortgage you're going to take out? The loan is 113. All right, so your goal should be at the end of 15 years to be able to have maybe 200 or 300,000 accumulated. Have your house still halfway through your mortgage, then you can write a check for the remainder on the mortgage. Let's say you have still 60,000 left to pay on your mortgage. If you've got $250,000 accumulated, you write a check for $60,000, you pay off the mortgage, and maybe you've got 170 or 180 or 190 left in cash, plus you still have the home paid off. Do you see what I'm saying? Uh-huh, sure do. That's the power of the compound rate of return because the 15-year mortgage will only go down at a simple rate of return. Okay. Uh, also, you will get a better tax relief along the way. So at your age, you want a 30-year amortization rather than a 15-year. I certainly appreciate it. Jot down my office number. It's 872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. And some people remember that as just USA 7000. All right, great. Thank you for calling. Thank you. You're listening to Money Matters with Doug and Linda Lewis. And if you've got a question, we'd love to hear it. You can call us on the open lines at 860-9783. And if you're out of town, it's toll-free at 1-800-662-7979. And cellular callers, it is star 680. Doug. Well, Doug, that was a really uh, sort of underscored what we talked about earlier, Chris's call. Exactly. There is no one-size-fits-all. 
You know, and speaking of uh, what's new in the world of, of retirement planning, no one way of withdrawing from with, uh, retirement portfolios will fit everyone either. You know, there is a normal sequence that people talk about in the financial world. And you can have these robo-advisors that are just programmed to go right down the sequence You should take out your RMDs, your required minimum distributions first. Then your taxable accounts should be next when you need to take money out. And then follow that by your traditional IRAs and 401ks and then take money out of your Roth IRAs last. Well, that normal sequence, and I put word normal in quotes, is not to be followed dogmatically. That's the standard sequence for tax-efficient portfolio drawdowns during retirement. And it may be a helpful starting point for sequencing retirement portfolio withdrawals, but it's a mistake to be dogmatic about this type of withdrawal. Burning through your taxable accounts first, then depleting traditional IRAs. No, 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 no. That's not necessarily the right way to do it. This is an area in which um, a financial advisor who's knowledgeable about tax matters can really help provide guidance on an ongoing basis, strategizing on where to go for income and how to get the most bang for your deductions. You know, there are so many different situations that I can think of which just blow the whole idea of a regular uh, normal sequence that somebody should give you. Think of this here. Think of a person who wants to convert a traditional IRA to a Roth IRA. Well, that might sound like Very nice, but converting traditional IRA assets to Roth can jack up a tax bill. So you're going to owe ordinary income tax on the converted amounts and move you into another tax bracket. Whoa, that that's that's a high price to pay. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was thinking another situation would be where maybe you've got unusually high deductions in a given year. All right. Uh, You know, maybe you've made large charitable contributions. Now you're out of the normal range. Okay. Another situation could be one where your RMDs, your required minimum distributions, are unusually high. Yeah, once RMDs start after age 70 and a half, you lose some of the control over your tax situation that you had had before. And there may be some years when your RMDs could leave you with more income subject to ordinary income tax than would otherwise be desirable. So that's another situation where it's not just on on automatic where you should be going. Linda, how about another scenario where this might not work? Well, when one spouse is still working. That's exactly right. Suppose a spouse is still working. Or suppose you have substantial tax losses. The ability to take losses on depreciated investments can be a silver lining in a difficult market. You can use those losses to offset all capital gains and maybe 3000 more of ordinary income. So all of these situations are uh, ones in which you need to don't be dogmatic you or need tied to, to yeah don't be tied to a, aren't i supposed to go rmds then taxable then iris and then roths no 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 you need a financial planner who can help you look at your tax situation and unique and design a unique withdrawal uh sequence for you for your retirement plan that's what we do with our clients that is of course there are no two that are the same usually you're listening to money matters with the lewis family on news radio 680 WPTF. We've been in business for 32 years, helping folks in the Carolinas and all over the nation. But financial planning first. Look at your situation. Write down your questions. 
call us at 919-872-7000. We'll make an appointment with you. We'll solve your financial planning dilemma. Call us again. This is Linda Lewis, Doug Lewis. This is Doug Lewis. And this is Deborah Lewis. (laughs) And we're here tonight still waiting for your calls also at 919-860-9783. That's 919-860-9783. All right, Doug, let's take another call. All right, Paul, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you? Uh, I'd like to spell out my situation. I'm 27 years old, and I have been uh, cruising along and investing and saving, and now that I'm engaged, I'm a little concerned that my strategy is a little too aggressive. So if I could spell it out and then have some feedback, I would really appreciate it. Go ahead. Okay, I have a savings account of $6,000. $6,000 in savings. Brokerage account uh, that is about 70% uh, stock uh, and uh, 30% cash of $120,000. And my IRA is about $8,000, about $8,200. I'm real proud of you. At 27 years old, you've already accumulated, uh, looks like you're well over 120000 already. Yes, sir. And let me finish. I have one more uh, asset, really the one I'm most proud of. I have uh, five different dividend reinvestment plans uh, that total the, the sum of all five is about $20,000. Okay. Uh, they're in five blue chip stocks. And... That's really it. My wife or fiance uh, is her annual income is of about twenty five thousand, and she has a school debt of around twenty thousand. I have uh, no no debt at all right now. We we don't have a house. We're we're in the market to buy one currently. Okay. Um. How did you accumulate all that money? Well, uh, let's get some facts about income. That may tell us. My my income is forty five to fifty. So he's just really done a good job of saving. He's been single. And he's been saving. That's really good. I hope all the listeners that listen uh, take uh, 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 take note because you've done a good job. A couple of things that I advise you against. Number one, do not buy the house. I know you don't want to hear that. Don't buy the house. Okay. Uh, a number of reasons that you shouldn't, but uh, hold back on that one. It produces both financial and emotional trauma in a new marriage. So hold back on that one. It won't hurt her if she really likes a fancy house. Then rent a nice, fancy, luxury uh, apartment or condo for the no, year. No, that's really me. I want the house, I think, a little more than she does. Good. Then you got to, it sounds like you picked a good wife, too. You do well at picking investments and wives. <laughs> uh, sometimes we have greedy wives when they come in our office, and i got to try and tell them to slow down and let's get some financial sense here. No, I can't describe her that way at all. Hello? Hello? Paul? Right. I think we lost Paul. All right, Paul, give us a call back. We're here waiting for you. In the meantime, let's take Jennifer's call while waiting for Paul to come back. Jennifer, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you tonight, Jennifer? Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. You're welcome. Um, I was wondering, I recently went back to school approximately 14 months ago to work on my PhD. And when all is said and done, I will have accumulated approximately 50000 in student loan debt. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if it would be wise to refinance my home to put the student loan debt into the mortgage and have just, you know, one payment with the mortgage and the student loan debt combined. Well, let's, let's, let's get a little more in the way of facts. And you may be on to something here, Jennifer. How old are you? 47. You're 46. Are you married or single? Married. You're married. Any children at home? No. Okay. Uh, what's your income? 
My income. Oh, well, wait a minute. You're going back to school. You have no income. No, I, I went back to school part time. Oh, okay. So I, I do work full time. Um, combined with my husband, we make approximately ninety thousand. Okay, ninety thousand combined income, uh-huh. and without the matter of the student debt, uh, what are your expenses running? Approximately, I would say twenty five hundred a month. So, and on an annual basis, would you guess thirty or forty thousand a year? Meaning you've got a fair amount of surplus. Yeah, fair amount. Okay. All right. Now, how much are you putting? Well, tell me a little bit about where, you, where your investments are at the present time. Well, we um, are just investing in retirement accounts, and we have approximately hundred thousand in retirement accounts. And is that four hundred one k's or IRAs? Um. Okay. All right. So you got 100,000 in 401ks and IRAs. And what do you have in personal non-retirement investments? Um, we don't have anything in personal investments other than our home. That's it. All right. And your home, of course, is not an investment. Your home is a, what we call a use asset. All assets are either use assets or investment assets. All right. So you can go ahead and get this 50, uh, the, the cost of the school is going to be 50,000 additional or you've still got some old debt. Nope, that's it. Just the fifty thousand additional. Okay, so you're going to borrow fifty thousand dollars, and you want to know: should you use a student loan, or should you go ahead and wrap it into a home loan? Right, because we owe, our our home value is about two hundred thousand. All right, and we still owe our only debt is besides the student loan is our mortgage, and we only owe one hundred and five on that. One hundred and five. Mm-hmm. All right, so if you Took out the fifty on the hundred and five. Now, is this could be fifty thousand per year, or is this a no, com- no, no? That's the college loan she's got. Right, that's fifty thousand total for my PhD. No, she means. Oh yeah, yeah. What she's going to be covering over okay. the next three years? Um, no, I should be done actually in probably a year and a half. I'm really killing it. I'm wow. working really hard. <laughs> Boy, I didn't do mine that fast. That's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I. Uh, well, I'll tell you what I might consider. Of course, one way to do it, of course, is look at the uh, at the PLUS program. Uh, but the other way that I think I might look at it is adding it into the home loan but using a home equity because the home equity would let you draw it out as you, ne- as you need it. You don't need the whole 50000 at one time. Right. In other words, you can – you maybe you need 20000 at one time, then 20000 at another – But you're right, the principle sounds good because, indeed, you're able to go ahead and get a tax deduction because it's now residence debt. Uh, I'd like to, I'd like to meet with you first though and find out a little more about the breakout of the expenses. Some, something doesn't sound quite right the way you laid it out. If you're making 90,000 a year and you're only spending what you said and yet you're still not accumulating anything into a personal investment portfolio, it sounds like you may not have, uh, as good a control of, or understanding of your invest, of your expenses as possible. Yeah. And that's really where we need to spend some time is, is is finding out well what is it on the monthly level what's going to be left over what what is available to be captured are you overfunding a 401k by any chance um probably not overfunding well i mean no. are you are you are you funding it beyond the match limit of the employer that could be all right, and that's a no-no. You should never do that because you want to be building two investment portfolios as you go through your working years 
in an earlier uh, uh, part of the show tonight, we talked about uh, seeing your life in decades, in pieces. And, of course, you're in your cycles. 40s. Yeah, mm-hmm. cycles. So you're in your 40s. All right. Well, as you move into your 50s, you move into your 60s, at some point, you need to be seeing that you're building an investment portfolio that is non-retirement as well as retirement because when you stop working and start drawing from the investment portfolio, I'm sorry, the retirement portfolio, it's going to cost you double the tax of what it would be from the non-retirement portfolio. And you'll say to yourself, wow, why didn't anybody tell me this? Why didn't I build the other one up? Right, right. So you ideally you want to have two equal pots to pull from as an income source when you retire. Great. That makes sense. Doesn't it? It it really does. It's like two pockets on one pair of pants. Then you can look at the investments in each of these as a total picture, but having different tax consequences. So once you start balancing out some of the the pluses and minuses, then you realize, okay, well, maybe maybe I am overfunding. If you would like to make an appointment, we would love for you to um, come in and see us, and we can talk about your number specifically. The number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000, and um, please do, because it sounds like this would be a, a good time to get in front of how do we pay for this 50000 Well, she's young enough to where she can Absolutely. really look at how do I become one of those middle-class millionaires. Right. So much of the time we talk about middle-class millionaires on the air, and it doesn't take a huge wealth to do it. It takes early discipline. Yeah. Jennifer, uh, give us a call at the office. Um, I'll be back by the office later tonight to get some of the messages that are usually left after the show, and I'll give you a call tomorrow. Our number in Raleigh is 919-872-7000. And um, we'll just look at your scenario much more um, in, in detail. detail. <laughs> yeah, thank you for calling tonight, Jennifer. Have a wonderful week. All right. Well, you know, I really appreciate uh, getting callers from the ones that are in their 30s and their 40s because these are the ones that have the ability to touch the magic of compounding. Yeah, as do I. The, the, the magic of compounding, it makes so much more sense when you have years in front of you. The power of putting aside a monthly basis, 500, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, 5,000 if you have that extra at the end of the month. Whatever it is, if that's going in on a periodic basis and you are, quote, paying yourself each month, that power of the compounding interest is your friend. You you all of a sudden can look back in a decade in a cycle of your life and say, wow, I accomplished that. This is what Einstein called the eighth natural wonder of the world. That's right. Well, you know, I forgot to mention our website again only once tonight. So remember, our website is DougAndLinda.com. And you can find out a lot more about us. We have videos on our website as well as audios. So take a look there. Call our office. Schedule an appointment. And we're looking forward to meeting with you. Remember, your financial future matters. Always matters because it's your financial future. You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah. In Raleigh at 919-872-7000. That's 919-872-7000. 
or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.